installment of Behind the Fourth Wall, a podcast where we discuss entertainment news and review movies, trailers, and TV shows. In today's episode, we'll be taking a look back at our favorite content from 2021, as well as looking at what we are most anticipating for this year, 2022. My name is Ivan, and I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host and seven-time National Spelling Bee champion, Emmett. Fourth. Four T-H. Fourth. Is that the word that got you? Can you use it in a sentence? Behind the fourth wall is a great podcast. That's how that's done. <laughs> it is. It's also the podcast where we do not discuss Hillary Duff's career, even though that was on my um, board of ideas that we could utilize this time for. Uh, that will have to be pushed. Listen, How because... I Met Your Father seems like a good show. I haven't seen it, but it seems like a good show. <laughs> the idea of it seems like a good idea. <laughs> I will watch it, but I think other people should. Ivan, are we talking Marvel today? Yes, we are. No, well, are we talking talk- Star Wars? Are we <laughs> talking, talking DC? No, we're, we're expanding, folks. We're talking yep. a whole year. We're talking about everything that we didn't and did talk about. We talked about some of these things, but like there's stuff that we I feel like we missed because we normally like to focus on pop culture. Um, and just usually what that boils down to is like anything that's comic book related. <laughs> we probably cover here. Yeah. Um, or sci-fi that's not fantasy. all we watch, folks. Okay. It's mostly we have what class. We it is mostly what we watch and what we talk about here. But we did want to take some time just to shout out uh, other movies and TV shows that we didn't make time for for the pod, but uh, definitely we we got into in our own personal lives. I usually go to like the Tribeca Film Festival and that kind of thing. So like I'm one of those like have to watch certain movies at at the like really like obscure little cinema then down yeah I, I read national geographic i um explorers digest uh yeah i'm well cultured as well i also read the tv guide articles <laughs> <laughs> and empire magazine all right so now that we've built it up enough let's talk about marvel <laughs> <laughs> Now let's get into let's do top top five maybe and like honorable mentions or notable snubs. Yeah, you want to kick us off with uh let let's let's do movies first. Let's focus on that because I feel yeah, like yeah let's we... do one at a time each. Yeah. Um, I feel like I mentioned it in passing as a recommendation at the time, but Coda I think might be taking my top slot for for movies of 2021. Why is that, sir? I don't know. It was just it hit the feels right. Um, it was a different viewing experience. Like it's mostly quiet, but then they did mix in music, and it was it was just lovely to watch. Was there any like um, emotional tear jerking scenes? And in- there was like three mm-hmm. where I watched it with my family, and we all like were tearing up like privately, and then we looked at each other, and we're like, "Oh, okay, everybody's got hit in the feels on this one at the same time." Have you watched it yet? I have seen like a quarter of the movie and then I was really interrupted and did not <laughs> finish it. Return to it. I would say get back to it. Give it a tr- give it another try. Yeah, I definitely I, I probably will load it up for this weekend. What about your number 1 for the year? Hard slot to, to Oh fill. my god. I've got a story for you. <laughs> um is is Belfast uh for me. Um and it's a movie that I didn't think was uh was going to be my my favorite movie for the year, but uh, for a number of reasons, I feel like it hit me in the emotions quite a bit. Um, it's directed by Kenneth uh, Branagh, 
who has done a whole bunch of really, really cool films uh, in the past and some really not so cool films. Um, but he, this was kind of like a, he, he said he wrote this during the beginning of the lockdown. Um, and he felt very isolated and it just, you know, he recalled the uh, conflicting times of his childhood when he lived back in Belfast. Um, so the movie is basically about this kid who's living with his family over in Belfast um, his dad's constantly going to work over in London, so he's going off for weeks at a time and then coming back. And then the situation back home is getting worse because there's violence between the Catholics and the Protestants. And there's, you know, the, the stage is basically set for a whole bunch of conflict. Um, the biggest cloud over the whole plot is that, you know, the family is in between should we move, should we not, you know, should we abandon the home that we know to go live somewhere where we'll be safer? Um, and so that's what the the main you know plot of the film focuses on. Uh, for me, and what cemented for you know the, the reason why the movie kind of hit home for me is, uh, you know, when I was younger, I spent a couple of years down in in Mexico with uh, you know me, my mom, my brother, um, and eventually my sister at the time. And so I had this. It, it just kind of hit home because like I when when I left Mexico to come here to come back to live in, in the states it felt to me like my world was kind of like snatched out and, and kind of hit there. So like that, those feelings kind of come back in that movie and it's very telling uh, the way that the story is kind of laid out. It's shot beautifully. Um, the acting is some of the best I've seen this year. Uh, but overall, that story is just really, really cool. It's, um, you know, it's very emotional, but also has a lot of, it's, it's got a lot of heart and it's got a lot of like really cool um, narrative points there. So definitely my favorite film of the year and one that i saw literally i think the last week of the of the of 2021 so that was beautiful man thank you for sharing that uh i passed on that one at the time but i guess i i made a mistake i gotta go back and rewatch that that last scene man will hit you yeah <laughs> yeah it's 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 a bit of a um this is the black know, and white one right I'm not yeah really okay yeah, yeah 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 i i knew i wanted to but i think it was at a time where uh it was i was traveling and then it was also like cases were kind of spiking up again so i was like nervous to go back out um but no i gotta i gotta make it make an opportunity to go see that yeah well it's available for um for renting i think now i think they brought the price down a little bit i rented it for 20 bucks um on amazon 20 bucks jeez i know it's a lot i, I like your but... review but not that much <laughs> no, no, I know, but, but like between between me and my sister, we're like, all right, we want to watch it, so we kind of yeah. split the cost there. Um, it was great though, just highly recommended when the price goes down a little bit. <laughs> highly recommended if it was less expensive. All right. <laughs> um, I think we both had similar number twos. I think we both put No Way Home there uh, for obvious reasons, which we've already talked about on the pod to extents. So we probably don't need to go over in detail. Yeah, we definitely. Other than the fact that like that movie. Yeah, I mean that it was really well done for a Marvel movie. It's it goes beyond just being a superhero movie. Like they get how like how a movie should be written and how it should be formatted. And I think they they knocked it out there. Yeah, and the audience reaction I think is, is similar yeah. to Endgame. I feel like that's what kind of solidified that movie's placement at number that, two for me. That one was definitely a uh, like the reaction. You're gonna remember that moment even more than like the scenes themselves. Uh, what about your number three though? Number three for me, um, it's a movie called Come On, Come On, um, jo starring Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, it's about an uncle trying to set a good example for uh, for his nephew. 
The movie's also in black and white, so we kind of see a little bit of a, of, right, of a this, common thread here. This guy over here, he, he's cultured. I know. But look, look at me <laughs> dusting off my little uh, film degree here, just to kind of. <laughs> no, but you know this... they make these things in color now. <laughs> ah, do they? Do they? <laughs> I like my films in Super Eight. Okay. <laughs> so, um, no, it was great. I this is another one that <laughs> that I rented um, last week of, of, of the year. Um, but you know, it, it was recommended by a couple of my friends. Um, and this is the type of movie I probably would have seen at the Tribeca Film Festival had we had a non-pandemic year. Um, it was really good though. Like this narrative structure of the story was was solid. Joaquin Phoenix, you know, like most of the stuff he's in, he you know he knocks it out of the park. Um, I recommend it. It's it's a heavy story. This is one of those movies that you will um, want to watch once. You know, it'll, you'll you'll have it for forever, right? But um, rewatchability maybe not quite there. Um, Belfast, I feel like has rewatchability, but this one, it's a, it's it's a bit heavy, um, like most of the Joaquin Phoenix stuff that we've seen. But yeah, it's really good. Highly recommend it. Definitely. Um, my number three. I'm going to expand the category from movies to like specials as well, or like documentaries. Uh, Cause they're not quite TV shows. This one could have been number one for me. I, and I probably should have made it number one, but it was inside Bo Burnham. I, I've watched this probably you know, almost 10 times. I would say <laughs> this year, it's so good. I have like all the songs stuck in my head. I'll be sharing it with my brother. We're like, we'll be just making jokes from that special. It was just so perfectly timed, well done, and it's like just so impressive what he was able to do uh, in that small of a space. I've seen it as well, and I think it definitely does do. Um, you know, it, it it speaks a lot of the charm that uh, Bo Burnham does, and I feel like um, he really needs to do these more often. Yeah, I mean, he he disappeared for five years and then he comes back with this special. It's just like, the, it makes you sad that like you've been missing out on it for that long. Like, what what could have been? But you're also like so happy that you're living in a time where you get to watch that in the moment that it comes out. And it's just like that's gonna be like a time capsule for like how did people react and feel when the pandemic hit? Uh, like that's it conveys everybody's emotions, whether like you can see what group you belonged into uh, that he, he talked about or portrayed. Yeah. He's definitely like a master of comedy on it. And I feel like, uh, I hope we do get another, I heard a rumor that he was actually working on something, um, another special that's going to, so we shouldn't have too much of a Bo Burnham drought moving forward. Yeah, and the, all the music too. It's like if you didn't like it for Bo Burnham, or if you didn't like it for the satire, or for the commentary, like just the music alone is like so catchy. Now remind me again: is this uh, the origins of the Jeff Bezos song? Am I? Yeah. Am I re- okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of sad to see like Bo Burnham stuff pick up like in TikTok type stuff, uh, just because like. It's not the purpose of his music. <laughs> it's actually like the anti-purpose of it. Well, completely it, misses the point. Yeah. It's a mis- <laughs> It's misunderstanding and like missing the point exactly. Uh, number four, though, I went with No Time to Die. This was just like I know we talked about it on the pod, so I don't want to take up too much time on it. But this one was like Daniel Craig. I, I, I rewatched the Daniel Craig series when I'm like 
you know, a rainy day type of thing. Like I could rewatch these all the time. So this one just felt like such a good wrap up of his legacy. Um, was it the best James Bond? Probably not. But like, it's just like came to an end of an era in this year. And like that one for me was so good. It's the only Bond film to make me shed a tear. I was, I literally had like the frog in the throat, like couldn't, I was like choking up in the theater. It was so good. It definitely was. I I, got to watch it again. I feel like um, that definitely was a movie that I've been meaning to watch at least one more time and just didn't get a chance to in theaters. So I went like three times to this like that. I, I didn't even go to like No Way Home three times. Oh, geez. Really? <laughs> yeah, I only went twice. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I, I definitely got to see it again. Um, I, I enjoyed Rami Malek's performance in that. Um, yeah, he played such a small role that like the villain wasn't really that big of a role in this, but um, it still worked. It did, yeah. Um, and my number four, I put King Richard, which. <sighs> yeah, yeah, great pick. I I really liked this movie. I thought it was uh, it was kind of surprising to me because I honestly I kind of watched it out of a whim. Um, it wasn't something I was kind of dead set on on watching. But what you you're a sports guy, right? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it it was great. I thought um, you know you know all the acting was 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 amazing. Um, it was something it was something though that I feel like I kind of wish I would have gotten up and gone to the movies to watch this uh instead of watching it at home but this is the times we're living in <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful i even got the chance to watch it at home though because I, I do feel like this is one of those that i would would have watched on a friday because of my amc uh stubs membership yeah that's a great category because we often go the opposite way where we say like good movie not worth going like making a trip to the movie theater like we've been saying that a lot recently but I feel like this, I agree, this was a movie that's like, I could have easily seen myself going like after work on a Friday, like you said, to go see this and uh, and really enjoying it. Yeah, I just I missed that experience for some of these smaller, more somber films. Um, I think the S- smaller with Will Smith. Sure. <laughs> well, no, what I, mean <laughs> I know what you mean, like, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're not going to see like a huge crowd on a Friday afternoon to these. Uh, right. But you'll you know, you'll see enough. You'll see enough cultured people, of course. Uh, martinis in hand as we you know swish expensive alcohol and watch wolf will smith's most um i will say i feel like this is this is my favorite performance out of will smith of anything he's done um movie wise there though it it is yeah but i feel like of the recent stuff like the last 10 years or so this is probably the my the role that i most enjoyed him in but after earth didn't get it get you going for it Oh, dude! Don't even get me started after. That's <laughs> my top two favorite movies of all time. Like, I yeah. I, I can't believe the hate that movie got. Uh, I do agree with you though that uh, King Richard was a really good one. So if you haven't seen that on HBO, definitely uh, cue that up for one of your weekends. Are we matching number five again? Yeah, you want to sum it up? Yeah, Shang Chi. I feel like. Um... Shang. Or Shang Chi, yeah. Shang Chi, Shang Chai, Shang Shang Kai. If you put it on auto, a text to speech. Um, yeah. yeah, I I thought this was a really cool uh, movie. I didn't really have a lot of expectations for it, Mar- like uh, on the Marvel front of things, just because I'm not super super familiar with the character. 
Um, I thought it did, you know, Marvel did really well. This is the movie that I feel like kicked off the actual like superhero wave of projects that we got. Um, I know Black Widow came up prior to that and Suicide Squad, but I, I don't think either of those movies really got me amped up for what we, uh, for the rest of the superhero content that we had for the last half of the year. Yeah, I think the studio didn't know what they had either. Um, and it's kind of unfair to have to follow Black Panther and also be like a, a like paving the way for um, for a group of people. But uh, so I don't I don't know if this one really got the like the publicity push that it should have gotten. Uh, and maybe that's why it did do so well, because expectations were kind of like, oh, yeah, that's coming out. I'm going to go see that. And it turned out to be amazing. Like maybe that's why it did do well in the long run. But gosh, yeah, like uh, I'm so happy that we were able to have that in a year of some some not so great Marvel movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like um, word of mouth got this, um, you know, gave it its legs because it, it was definitely a uh, box office mainstay for quite a while. Um, I say that, but also, you know, knowing that there wasn't really a lot of competition when it came out. I think Venom dethroned it from the top. But also at that time, it was like we weren't sure. Like that was at one of those peaks of feeling unsafe kind of thing. Um, And especially with like Black Widow being right around then too, uh, to steal some attention. Like it it had all the reasons that it could have failed and it still did great. And this is one that when it got added to Disney Plus, like day one, I was watching it. And it's still at the top on the streaming charts. Yeah, for it. So that, you know, that kind of shows you what the level of impact it would have had, uh, you know, pre-COVID. And it still did. It it had a really, really good um, box office run. I feel like uh, people just aren't noting it quite as much because of the giant in the room, which was uh, No Way Home. Yeah. Do you want to do um, movie snubs that we uh, left off intentionally or uh, regrettably could make the list? Yeah. You want to kick it off or you want me to go? Yeah, I, one for me that I wish I could have had more than five, I would say The Last Duel. Um, 100%. I, it just, yeah, the plot might have been a little weird, uh, especially seeing that with my sister. <laughs> uh, but the sound and the visuals were so crisp that, like, I don't, I can't compare it to another movie that I saw that was, like, that, it, it resonated that loud and, like, that impactful. I will <clears throat> share one off of my list. Um, the Green Knight was one that I really enjoyed. Um, I don't even know this one. What is it? You, so, so this is um, how do I how do I define this? Because I feel it, this is basically from the uh, Arthurian poem on Sir, uh, what's his name? Damn, I'm forgetting. Uh, Sir Gawain, the the Green Knight. No familiarity there. King Arthur's headstrong nephew embarks on a daring quest to confront the Green Knight. I'm like, I'm like yes, <laughs> if, if you're reading like summarization. Of this. <laughs> it was a well done movie though, and I feel like Did it kind of lost on YouTube. What? It, it got lost in the mix a bit with um, <laughs> yeah. the last duel coming out. Because um, I feel like whenever I, I was talking to a couple of my friends about it, and they're like, "Oh, do you mean the last duel?" I was like, "No, no, no. This is the A24 uh, produced film." Um, if you have a chance to check it out, I, I, you know, I thought it was one of the best movies of, of the year. Um, it kind of done a little bit of a disservice also similar to what we were just talking about with Shang-Chi. I feel like the the marketing um, effort of it was kind of messed up a little bit because of COVID. Because I feel like this movie was supposed to come out 
uh, earlier in the year, and they were promoting it for that. But then it kind of dropped off the radar and ended up being a little bit of an abrupt release. But why? Why is there a guy who looks like Treebeard? It's it'll make sense when you watch, <laughs> when you watch the movie. I feel like right. I could go off on the tangent just talking about this movie, but it's it's yeah. great. Let's not. Um, I'll tell you one that was disappointing this year was Kingsman. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. I caught it. I think actually the first week of 2022, but obviously came out in, at the end of 21. Uh, I not that I had high hopes for it, but it just did not. Uh, follow the success of the Kingsman franchise where it's like you want those like slow motion intense gory battles like we didn't get any of that and you had a good cast it definitely dropped the ball a bit because I feel like the franchise set up a tone um, that was kind of iconic for it and then this one being a prequel you would have think you know would kind of follow suit there but yeah it it seems like the prequel era of that franchise is kind of dead in the water because of the um bomb that this movie ended up becoming godzilla versus kong i feel like that's both on (laughs) on our snubs there um yeah i'll I'll say i'm a little biased on godzilla versus kong only because like my niece is super into godzilla and i feel like watching it with her was really cool (laughs) just to kind of get that reaction but also i feel like that movie kind of was the little pick-me-up that i really needed earlier in the year um, when the pandemic was kind of raging and everybody was kind of like panicking, we don't really know what was going to go on, right? But um, that was a movie that I thought was a really kind of mindless, fun kind of approach there for me. Um, and we had one of our best guests on the pod and our only guest. <laughs> we should we should bring Dr. Ben back on the pod. I feel like it's That's time. what made that movie bearable for me was like just getting to like hash it out with you guys. Otherwise, I don't know. It definitely wasn't as good as the first Godzilla. It wasn't as bad <laughs> as the Solo Kong, so I guess it's somewhere in the middle there. Um, it was it was like a nice, like you said, good timing for like a popcorn type popcorn flick. A hundred percent, it was a popcorn flick. But if, if you have a good experience with friends on that, I feel like that's what it is. Like for this type of movie, it's the experience. It's not so much like the rewatchability or any other factor in this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we talk about the MCU all the time, like we were joking about before. Um, but I, I think, you know, of the ones that we mentioned, like Black Widow, we didn't really talk about Eternals. Uh, we, uh, obviously, on the pod we did, but not in this episode. I was surprised with how the fans reacted to it. For me, it was such a, like a mid-tier movie that I wasn't upset about it because I guess I went in not expecting much. But it seems like it's very... Um, I want to say divisive, but I feel like most people are just falling on like saying like it's the worst. Yeah, I don't get that. I feel like, well, there's two things. I feel like um, most of the people that I've talked to about this movie are either, you know, they're they 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 love it or they just kind of liked it. Um, I've yet to encounter somebody that's overtly negative on it but yet online there's like seems to be this big push on it i, I kind of tend to think that they review bombed this movie in the same way that they did um last jedi where like the audience just kind of bombarded the um the negative ratings there a bit because when you really look outside of like rotten tomatoes you start to see a consensus between the audience rea- um, scores that are a lot more like in the 70s to 80s versus uh rotten tomatoes where it went quite a bit negative 
Well, I think the like the thing that didn't work for me was like its attempt to be a standalone movie in in the MCU. Like looking at Shang Chi, they are pretty much a standalone movie, but then their end credit scenes like is what ties them back into into the MCU and into into Phase Four. Uh, Eternals just made no attempt at that, other than saying like, "Why didn't you help out during Thanos?" Okay, good enough. Well, let's move on. I didn't have so much of a problem with that as much as I felt like they were trying to juggle too many things. And it's like you had what, like eight different Eternals to introduce. Of course, you weren't going to be able to do them justice. There's barely enough time to cover all of it. But it was I thought they did that fine. But it was that they they wanted somebody to be the ultimate hero that they didn't give time for. It's true. You know, for for me, Eternals, I, I, I liked it a little bit better than Black Widow, I'll say. But I think so, too. It's the yeah. most beautiful, mediocre movie I've seen in a while. It's so, it's so, yeah, it's such a contradiction in that way. But I totally agree with that, uh, with that assessment. But that's back, that's us back on our Marvel tangent. Uh, any last movies before we move on to TV shows? Uh, no, I think that about covers my stuff. Yeah, obviously there was a lot more. Uh, those are just some of the big ones that we remembered or talked about on here, or, and some that we just didn't get time to talk about. Uh, but let's do TV shows. Uh, these could be brand new series or uh, seasons of a second, like a second or, or more seasons. Words. Yeah, you want to do like a <laughs> speed round kind of thing with the, with the shows because I feel like, um, you know, I, the, the, we discussed a couple of these, but um, let's spend some time on the ones that we didn't <laughs> talk about that much. Yeah, I I don't know if this is like in a perfect ranking of mine but i'll just list off my uh, a couple of my five so like uh, i was late to the game on ted lasso and to like apple tv but season two came out and man i crushed season one and two so fast like uh obviously season two is only from this year or from 21 uh season one was at the end of 20 so for me it was all in this year uh man i loved that show just it's a breath of fresh air of like comedy during a year where you kind of want a distraction in a funny way. Do you think somebody with no sports knowledge or attention to the, <laughs> to that kind of thing would enjoy it? I think it's built for people without sports knowledge, uh, to be honest. Like, he plays like a coach who doesn't understand the sport. Like, he's a football coach. And then he gets hired to play, uh, to be a football coach uh, abroad. So it, it's just, like, it's great humor. And I, uh, it's still American humor, uh, despite being, like, casted in... in um, Great Britain. I think I'm definitely going to give it a shot. I feel like I've, I've seen a lot of friends also kind of recommend it to me, but I've been kind of hesitant on it. Um, although I should, I have a year of uh, Apple TV that to my name it, it, that it's it's top tier. I would I would highly recommend it. All right. Um, on my number one, I put WandaVision. Um, this took a little while to kind of get to this point, but <laughs> I do feel like out of all the stuff that I've seen. Um, especially like Disney plus wise WandaVision is at the top for me. Uh, it kind of hit on all cylinders. It was a little bit of a slow build at the, at the, you know, in the beginning, but I think after episode three, it really uh, kind of dovetailed into some of the best MCU content um, we've had in a while at that point. I was on my snub list. So interesting to see a major top. Yeah, me too. What about, uh, what about your number two? My number two is something I don't think I've talked about on this sh- uh, on the pod, but uh, Sweet Tooth, um, a very surprising um, 
enjoyment of mine this year. Uh, but I think it uh, it definitely was a really really cool story. It, I think it might be uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s biggest success produ- on the producer chair um, outside of his stuff on uh, in Marvel. But um, it's really cool. It's also based off of a graphic novel slash comic book. But uh, I recommend the, the kid with the horns. Yeah. Oh my God, Ivan. It's really good. <laughs> I, I had respect for you. Damn, we, <laughs> you haven't even seen it. <laughs> and I can judge. No, it's good. The the story. I was. I'm I was surprised in how way. they did it though. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised in how they told the story, just because um the comic book gets pretty gruesome and kind of gory, um but they handled the material really well for for the Netflix show. Um, and they never go too too far into that, but they have this horror element that I thought um, really worked for uh, for the series. That's interesting. I definitely saw a thought like just from the trailer and from like the thumbnail that that wouldn't be a good show, but interesting that you liked it. Maybe I would too. Um, my number two, uh, this was one I was on the edge of my seat for waiting for on a weekly basis and then also like on the edge of the seat, what, like how intense the action was uh, in some of these episodes, The Wheel of Time on Amazon. I had loved this series. That one was a little bit of a sleeper hit, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, like, they definitely, like, once you know it is out there, you see it in the background of, like, all these commercials um, as, like a, like, a family turning on the TV and they're turning on, like, Wheel of Time. Like, it, it was, like, always there. But uh, I feel like not a lot of people were talking about it for being for like such a big budget. I didn't. Yeah, I feel like Shadow and Bone got a lot more publicity than this show. But I feel like this one was probably the top um, or the better of the two. Uh, better, maybe in the sense that like Amazon has less content to push, so they made a bigger deal to push it. Um, Shadow and Bone probably was probably was better. I don't know. It's tough yeah. one. It felt more expensive to me, I guess. That's that's kind of the term I was I think for. that was it, yeah. Uh, number three, I think we both put the same for our lists. Uh, we both put down Loki. I mean, this was one that was a game changer for how like MCU could be done. And we were so spoiled with having WandaVision and then Loki um, that it, they both set such a high bar. It surprised me to see just how much we enjoyed the show, too, because I feel like it's the one that we knew the least about like details wise and ended up being the one that might actually be required viewing for any MCU fan. Honestly, like even if it doesn't appear again in other movies or something like that, or like you can get by without seeing it. I feel like you have to see it just because you're doing yourself like uh, injustice, not seeing it. Like I've I've rewatched it like three times because I'll like watch it with like one friend or like with a family member and like, I want to like be there to see like their impression of when this character comes out or like when this twist happened. Like I love, I love that part of it. Yeah, it definitely was uh, a, a lot more enjoyable than I thought it was going to be initially. So I, I can't wait for season two and it's the only one, right? I feel like that's had a confirmed season two out of the MCU stuff. Uh, yeah. Or right, what about your, uh, what about your number four? Number four is a show I never thought I'd be into. <laughs> Um, I recently, and by recently I mean like a, like about a month ago, got into watching um, Yellowstone, and Yellowstone season four I think came out this uh, this year, 
Um, uh, but I went back and watched the entirety of the series. I, this is one, like, I'm not normally into too many, like, dramas, but uh, I don't know what it is about this one. It's well acted. I feel like, uh, you know, the stakes are pretty high. And it's holding um, up through season four. Like, I've heard great things about it. I just never knew where or how to pick it up. So I, you know, funny enough, I started with season four. I didn't like, um, I didn't know oh, yeah. any backstory to it. Yeah, I kind of was kind of catching up a little bit as I went along there. Uh, after I finished season four, I went back and saw season one, two, and three. Um, it it definitely does hold up. It's it's. I can't say that one season's better than the others. I feel like they're all kind of in a similar vein. Um, but yeah, this is just one show that I didn't think I'd be into because it didn't really catch my attention all that much. I just kind of uh what was it that kind of called me and oh you know what it was i think they were offering the first episode of season four for free on apple and i needed something on my on my uh commute to uh to city hall like this is like you know a month and a half ago or so so i bought it downloaded it and i ended up getting hooked and i'm like all right now i need to watch the rest of this series is the whole series on apple uh no the series is on um if you have it's on like Peacock or like Paramount or it's something. It's on like Paramount that. Plus. Yeah. I don't want to have to do another thing. All right. I'm not going to watch it. But I know the, the prequel's coming out, right? Like, what is it, 1893 or something like that? 1883, yeah. What about your number five? Uh, my number five is The Bad Batch. Um, and that's, number, is, that's my number four. Yeah. I. It's Star Wars. What can I say? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. Moving on. <laughs> that's no, yeah, what it is. But, um i this is a period of time in star wars where i feel like uh hasn't been covered all that much um in like the early days of the empire so i thought that this show gave us some really really cool uh insight into it i wish the pacing was a little better um you know but we you know anybody who wants our thoughts complete thoughts on that can go back and and watch some of those um episodes we did earlier this year but or listen to it yeah, it, w- it was really good. I, I thought um, at the end of the day, it, it told a really solid story, and I'm excited for season two. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's all the benefits of lessons learned from the uh, from Clone Wars and Rebels. Like, the graphics are amazing. Uh, you get rid of some of the lame story arcs. And, um, yeah, like you said, it was a era that hadn't been explored yet, and it's always fun to get details on that uh, in that sense. So I put I put it at four. Um, with like a really random pick for five, I picked Clarkson's Farm on Amazon Prime. Uh, this one, I, I don't know if I can recommend to people. If you're a fan of like Top Gear, uh, and you know Jeremy Clarkson, you mu- you would 100% like this show. But it's just like the, the host of a car show that retired and is now he owns a farm and he wants to function like operate it. But he's such a like uh, gearhead that like he can't do anything right. So it's just like fun to watch his like fall parts. Like this is one I watched like three times as well. If I'm being honest, <laughs> is this like a reality show or is it? Um, yeah, it was. It was like a reality show. Uh, clearly not scripted. Maybe like the scenarios kind of are, but it's just like him going through like how do you run a farm? Like stuff that you don't think about. Um, harvesting the the field having lambs like the livestock like trying to have a farm shop and like all the troubles that like farmers have to go through uh that you kind of like forget about so it was interesting to see um how they like dealt with it during the pandemic as well sounds like yellowstone (laughs) yeah but like in a comedy version of it 
Uh, what about like notable snubs or you wish you could put it in the in the list? Um, I got a couple. Uh, for me, I feel like uh, there's well, there's I started watching Outlander this year, uh, mainly because of my sister-in-law. Like every time she'll come over with uh with my brother, we'll we'll watch something and uh she introduced us to outlander it's a uh, another like a, a drama um show on stars um a little bit of a time travel aspect to it i thought it was really cool um i spent i think the first half of this year kind of getting caught up because it's across multiple seasons five seasons. Um, five seasons yeah but it, it's good it's well acted um story is a little bit convoluted uh at the moment because there's a lot going on but um, it's 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 been holding up well. That's one that I, I thought um, was a really nice little discovery for me this year. Um, we mentioned Shadow and Bones. So I won't go into that. Um, Witcher season two was this year, and I feel like I wasn't as big a fan of this season as I was the first season. Not that it was bad, but I don't know. It just didn't hold up as well. I don't see a lot of conversation on it. I feel like that's uh, kind of got snubbed by the public it looks like yeah which i'm surprised about because the first season of the witcher was awesome it was and i feel like it garnered a lot of conversation i haven't seen season two yet of witcher i've I've had it queued up for a while i just haven't gotten around to it i've got a list of stuff i need to get to i mean Um, it's not bad like it's certainly worth continue watching um it's just like kind of is predictable and makes it a little bit less enjoyable Maybe this pushes Henry Cavill back into the DCEU. We'll see. Maybe. What else was there? I mean, we we snubbed a lot of the MCU stuff, like Falcon Winter Soldier, What If, Hawkeye. What If is one that probably could have been in there if we had more slots, I would say, out of those. Um, I think Falcon and Winter Soldier would have been at the, you know, if we had more space for me, uh, I feel like I'd, I'd probably slot it in there. It's, it's definitely on my top ten. I feel like well, we don't true. have more space for you, Ivan. <laughs> well, that's all you get, all right? <laughs> uh, there's a lot of um, shows I also like. I don't know. I put more time into movies than I do shows, so I feel like there's a lot that I haven't seen, but I've heard good things about. Like I saw one episode of White Lotus and I enjoyed it. Um, I've heard good things about Dickinson on Apple. Shrink Next Door, I think, just came out at the end of it. Like, have you have you picked up on any of this stuff? I haven't. No, I, Dickinson is one that I, I did um, get into, but I have I, I need to go back into it and, and and finish that. Yeah, I just feel like I always make more time for for movies, and then like I'm still catching up on old shows. Like I spent a while watching like Daredevil uh, <laughs> seasons, so that kind of like is always playing behind on the show front. Yeah, I'll be honest, and I can kind of blame my sister-in-law for this, but like I got I got really into some of the TLC stuff, like my 600-pound life. Why is um, that not in your top five? 90-day <laughs> fiancé. I've watched the entire uh, que- uh, Queer Eye series, the, the, the latest one. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel I like any downtime. I remember watching that when it was like first coming out, like first came out. On UPN, time. right? Like the original series? Uh, I don't remember the network, Ivan. This was when think, we were like kids. I think UPN was like a New York thing, though. Open up, up and yeah, it was like uh, I forget what it's called, but yeah, I remember the original Queer Eye too. It would come out after Kids WB would be done, I think. Mm. And then we do do like the channel flipping just to kind of see what else is on TV. You land somewhere and just stay there because you don't want to go into doing homework. I miss that about TV. Is like 
flipping because of commercials and then finding some show that you like never would throw on. Yeah, that's how I found like the Reba show. I would have never watched the Reba McIntyre as a child <laughs> if it wasn't for channel flipping. All right, now you're uh, admitting too much. Let's move on. Let's move ahead a year. Let's talk 2022. <laughs> What's coming out of 2022? I feel like it's I'm hitting a blank here. This one, I feel like we're going to go heavy on like the DC MCU uh, fantasy type movies and shows. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. There's maybe one DC project that we have on this list. <laughs> uh, all right, then there's DCs that we're snubbing. But my number one for the year that I cannot wait for is Thor Love and Thunder. That's actually my number... Oh, number three. Three, yeah. Yeah, I just... I'm so pumped for this. I don't know why. I mean, like, I guess because Ragnarok was such a good uh, note to leave off on, and then where he left off in uh, Endgame makes me want want some more Chris, uh, Chris Hemsworth. It does, and Taika Waititi is back on the helm for this. Um, I'm excited for I if he's done nothing but like home runs, I feel like in his career. So Yeah, I don't uh, like the guy, but I like his work. <laughs> <laughs> his work is incredible. I feel like it he's, he's really he's, is, yeah. Um Georgia Rabbit was a sleeper hit, I think, the two years ago. So yeah. Um but that you know it, it's fun because like a lot of the interviews that he's been um on, he's been talking about how much he enjoyed working on this. Uh, Natalie Portman's back, and that's some that's an element of this uh, franchise that I feel like um, I feel like they didn't really do her justice in the first yeah. couple movies she was in. So her storyline with Lady Thor in in the comics, uh, kind of iconic for one of the more recent stuff that they've done. So interested to see how they're gonna do this. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what's your what's your one? My one is actually your two <laughs> uh dr strange too um is probably at the top of my list only because of the way that we ended things with no way home i feel like we kind of if no way home is kind of dipping your toe in the water in the multiverse i feel like uh, dr strange too is about to blow the doors wide open so i'm excited to see what they do with it um but more than that uh sam raimi's coming back to direct this um and i'm excited to see anything sam raimi related uh, especially it doesn't like, mean it doesn't mean Otto Octavius is going to be back in this item. It means Alfred Molina's back as Alfred. <laughs> no, I mean we've been hearing rumors that Toby's in this movie. I don't know if that's true necessarily, but like my my whole thing is like Doctor Strange falls into that element of weird and and almost kind of a little bit horror um, in the comic books. So to have somebody like Sam Raimi come in, who is like a horror expert. Um, I think it's just like it's the perfect fit for Doctor Strange, so I'm excited to see what he does with it. I'm I, I'm I'm really excited for uh, for it too. Like you said, the way that they left off Spider uh, Spider Man No Way Home, the after credit scene, getting like a full trailer, and that was really cool to see. What about your um, your number two? My number two is your number five, sir. <laughs> yeah, I honestly feel like these can all be interchangeable, though. Yeah. It's the Batman. I'll be honest. I struggled between number one and number two there because I feel like uh, I'm actually getting really excited for uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman. I feel like uh, the more trailers that we've seen, the more it kind of paints this picture of a potential, um, I guess, contender to take uh, the Christian Bale Batman's movies uh, as the best or the most, you know, the most in-depth look at, at, uh, at Batman on that psychological level. 
Um, I'm excited for this. I feel like it, it looks different enough from the other adaptations. It looks a lot more grounded uh, than the stuff that we've seen in the DCEU. So I'm excited for it. Robert Pattinson, I feel like, is a fleshed out actor. He's done really, really well. So, you know, it, it, it seems like the right fit and the right tone that they're hitting here. So, yeah. like, And it's also Batman. Like, who's not excited about Batman? <laughs> Yeah, the trailers are exciting. Um, I think this is going to... He's probably going to get a lot of unfair uh, comparisons. I love Robert Pattinson, ever, especially ever since Tenant. Um, so I think he's going to play... The, the, this is kind of like what we talked about with uh, Spider-Man in the past pods. But there's playing Spider-Man and there's playing Peter Parker. And just like how Tom Holland does both really well, um, I kind of feel like... Robert Pattinson is going to do both roles pretty well here. I think so too. I think he's got the acting chops for it. Um, and then anybody who can't get over the whole Twilight connection here, just um, you'll need to remember that Heath Ledger got a lot of heat for playing Joker. And then the movie came out and everybody couldn't stop singing his praises. I think you might have to accept awards posthumously to, uh, to get those praises, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> true, true, true. Uh, moving on, my three is Fantastic Beast, number three in the series. I mean, we didn't talk about it for 21's year, but that Harry Potter special was like, again, something that really hit you in the feels and prompted a you know a rewatch of all the Harry Potters, and I'm rewatching the Fantastic Beast right now. Um, I'm excited for this. Yeah, I can't that, say... That's like- it. <laughs> I, I I think that's a, it's going to be interesting to see this uh, franchise go on without uh, Johnny Depp, right? Because I feel like he was, um, they kind of hyped him up quite a bit and then gave him the role of. Um... Yeah, I mean, they gave him a, a very important role and to have to recast it is tough. But, I mean, you do what you got to do. I, I think the rest of the cast is going to be great. Um, Jude Law is Dumbledore is pretty cool. They really should have renamed these series into something else, though, because I feel like it's got nothing to do with the Fantastic Beast textbook anymore at this stage. <laughs> Real, yeah. Um, and then I think uh, my number four. I know I'm skipping my, around a little bit. It's on my sad snub list. Across the Spider Verse, part one, because uh, it seems like they're dividing this into two parts, but. Um, into the Spider-Verse was one of my favorite Spider-Man films of all time. Might yep. be my number two, I guess, at this point. But um, I'm excited to see what they do with it. You know, Obviously, animation takes such a long time to complete, so I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. The trailers seem to indicate that we may be seeing quite a few more variations of Spider-Man. Um, they said that they're bringing in Japanese Spider-Man from the 1970s uh, series. Mm-hmm. So that should be fun. Like, like I like that they're having fun with these um, animated movies. And it also kind of shows a unique kind of style that is not really present anywhere else, right? Like, the, the art... I don't know about you, but, like, the art for the first one blew me away. Yeah, and I kind of... This doesn't make any sense, but that's kind of why this isn't on my top five. Because, like, I felt very, you know, s- satisfied and full after watching that first one. Like, I didn't need more of it. If anything, give me a live-action Miles Morales... I don't need you to keep uh, having him exist only in animated movies. Yeah, I mean, I've been enjoying animation. I feel like animation kind of gets the short end of the stick sometimes. When but like, make it a series instead, and, and then give us a give him give us him in a movie. I feel like is is better. But 
Uh, I'm also kind of like Spider-Man out for a bit after our long haul of spider prep. More Spider-Man, I say. <laughs> the more the better. <laughs> uh, my last one on my list was Black Panther 2. I'm very like interested in this movie. I don't know if this is the one like I can't wait to see type of thing, but more of just like I can't wait to see what they are going to do with it. Yeah. Who's acting in it, like what the plot is. Because um, there's no real clear like this is the direction they should be going in. So I'm going into this totally like, all right, let's see what you got for me. Yeah, it's interesting to see what they're going to do, especially after they said they're not going to recast uh, the role right. of T'Challa. Which, by the way, how do you feel about that? Um, I think we particular? talked about another one. I'm fine with it. I think it's kind of... I get what the it, like the idea is. Like, let's honor him. Nobody can replace him. And it's like, yeah, sure, but maybe you're doing him less of an honor by you know, putting him on such a pedestal. Like, I think he kind of stood for, like, equality and equity and like say, like saying that he's better than everyone else is not kind of what he would have wanted but also like what do i know i can't really speak for the guy i think his brother came out recently and said that he his you know chadwick would have wanted the role to live on i feel like that's that's definitely true I, it is interesting though because i am looking forward to black panther 2 in the same vein because like i i want to see what they come up with i want to see how they you know continue it without t'challa um I, I, I'm on the camp that I wish they would have recast him. Um, I think there's ways to honor the actor and, and, and continue to, uh, you know, bring the legacy in there. The reason why I say that is because I feel like Black Panther gave us um, a, you know, a black superhero, a black male superhero that I think is very lacking in, in public culture, right, in, in pop culture. For me, I think that it's kind of a missed opportunity to just kind of bench the character and, you know, move on from it. I feel like there's stuff that they can do, and and I hope they do it justice in this movie. I don't know. I might be, you know, getting ahead of myself here, but it's it'd be interesting to see what they do. Well, even at the most basic level, it's like you're kind of just making it harder on yourself than you have to by like writing a movie for this character without that character in it. There's also this thing of like I know like comic book fans are always like oh like stick close to source material and all that and I think part of the reason why sometimes you'll have like you know an originally white character now show up as a black character on screen is because <laughs> you don't have that many like diverse characters in comics so when you pull one out and you have one and you bring them up to the forefront of popularity and then to not continue that character story I don't know I, like I feel like it's a little bit of a disservice because it's also like yeah where else are you gonna pull another character from you know anyway <laughs> what's uh what's the last in your top five of anticipation it's light year which uh, <laughs> um i'm looking forward to man i don't know like i feel like uh it's an interesting concept you know telling the story of uh buzz Lightyear, who's the inspiration behind the toy and toy story so it's a little bit kind of meta right like it's a story within the story of a story kind of thing um, so I'm interested to see it. If the animation seems pretty smooth, and it's outside of the normal Disney Pixar stuff that they normally do with this kind of thing. Is Zer gonna gonna be in there? I hope so. I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't see an indi indication of it on, on the trailer, but look, the, the minute they showed that trailer and they played a uh, Starman by was it David yeah, Bowie? Like they caught me. I was like, all right, you got me. Like, but to me, Starman belongs to uh, Matt Damon. <laughs> the Martian. I feel like I can't hear that song, see a space sequence without thinking of that. It's like an allegory for space Jesus, essentially. Right? That's, <laughs> that's kind of what that song is all about. I never thought about it that way, but okay. I, like, I, I can see that. 
that is what it is. It's like uh, talking about preaching and like getting a new generation turned on to a new belief or something. Yeah. And that and that's Buzz Lightyear. He was my Jesus. <laughs> he, he is space Jesus is my whole point here. Um, that's on my like. I wish I could add a longer list though, because I feel like that is gonna be one that uh, that I'll enjoy, as far as like Disney animated goes. I I feel like they don't disappoint that often. Uh, other ones that I feel like I feel like the rest of the movies on my on the list are snubbed because I don't really care. Like for DC, I don't really care about Aquaman too. What? I, look, I love The Rock, but I don't know if I really care about Black Adam either. Yeah, I, I it's hard to care about the DC stuff. I feel like there's shows coming out for DC that I'm interested in. Um, uh, I'm snubbing Morbius because I bet it doesn't come out till next year anyway. <laughs> <laughs> a complete 180 they're like we'll toss it over to 2023 <laughs> i feel like they don't actually have a project they just have enough footage to make a trailer the trailer they're gonna, right yeah <laughs> they're gonna keep showing that trailer for another year for tyrese's sake i hope not i guess <laughs> career is like on you the save lives right you don't take them <laughs> uh what what else is on this list I see Jurassic World three on there. I, I I'd agree with that. I feel like uh, that's as what though is a intentional snub or a wish I could have had a longer list. So for me, it falls along the lines of like um, I I I am looking forward to it. I can't say it's on the top ten even. I feel like it'll be like my eleventh <laughs> movie. But like it Ooh, like just out of it's it's been a fun franchise. Like I'm not like a super fan of it, um, but. I, I am looking forward to seeing how they wrap things up for uh, for this new trilogy of Jurassic World movies. Or Jurassic yeah, Park. these are definitely like fringe uh, excitement. Like I don't, I'm not getting hyped for it, but when it comes out, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go see that. Get a tub of popcorn and enjoy the T Rex popping out of the tree line. Now, does Top Gun two fall in that same vein for you? You know, is this one that got delayed, or did yeah. we just hear about this super early? No, it got delayed again. That's what I thought. Like, I feel like this was one that, like, I don't even know if I'm going to be excited when it does come out. I will probably go see it. But uh, this might be one where it's, like, if it's released the same day, I'll, I'll just watch that at home. It's been delayed so often that, like, I got to wonder if, like, um, if Tom Cruise is still going to be a Scientologist by the time this thing comes out. You know, like, <laughs> things are just changing so rapidly now. It'll be on, like, Mission Impossible 25. <laughs> There's going to be Mission Possible now. <laughs> Mission <laughs> has been done. <laughs> um, Uncharted. I think I shared that with you too. I feel like um, I'm I'm excited to see what they do with it. Only on the sense that, like, and here's why. Um, I I kind of want to see if Tom Holland is a movie star that draws people in. You get what I mean? Like, if if this movie succeeds, I feel like most of it will be depending on. If Tom Holland can fill theater seats in, we saw him do that, and and not Wahlberg filling the seats. It's definitely not Wahlberg. Like Wahlberg is not movie star material anymore. Okay, tell that to Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. (laughs) I will. (laughs) (laughs) No, I feel like this is gonna flop. Um, Just because it's a video game adaptation, these things never do that well. It's doomed for sure. (laughs) (laughs) there's just like unless you played the video game you're not that interested inherently and like 
I don't know, watching the trailers, do you get that excited over like a treasure hunt movie? Of course. Who would no. <laughs> no. Look, I'm 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 hoping this does well for Tom Holland's sake because I feel like the guy definitely does need a win outside of Spider-Man just to kind of, you know, catch himself a bigger bag, I guess. <laughs> for, well, um, I do feel bad that like his indie films haven't done that great because I do think he's a good enough actor to fill a theater, but it's sad that he might only be like an action hero. Uh, lead well he was great in that netflix show uh not, not the netflix uh movie that he did with robert pattinson as the corrupt pastor dude i never um, watched that the devil all the time or inside or something like that the, the devil all the time yeah i didn't um, watch that was that good it's it's pretty good yeah and i think his performance is what kind of sells the movie for me um cherry i thought wasn't a really good movie but i thought his performance was a standout it just seemed very disjointed, and it seemed like the Russo brothers didn't really know what they wanted to do uh, mm. with that one. Yeah. Uh, we are so over time, so let's just breeze through the TV shows. Yeah. You know what? Let me um, let me go through my top five just, on the TV yeah, shows. Just rattle we'll, off. We'll speed run this. Uh, at number one, I got Mando, Mando Season 3 uh, for obvious reasons. We touched on it earlier. Um Star Wars. Uh, but it, yeah, but yeah, we touched it on it, but it's Star Wars, you know. Um, similar to that, Kenobi, I can't wait for Ewan McGregor to show back up. Hayden Christensen's back on board. So definitely something that I really, really wanted to um to kind of see a little bit of an expansion of. Um, so it looks like we're getting it. And, and I'm, you know, with Deborah Chow being the person at the forefront for Kenobi, I I'm, it, it seems like it's in good hands. Yep. Uh, uh at number three, I got Lord of the Rings. Same yeah. deal, expensive show. <laughs> uh, I hope they do it justice, but I feel like Amazon's been, uh, you know, putting out some real winners lately. So, you know, I have some, I have a good feeling about it. Same thing with the boys. Season three is coming out. Uh, that's a show that has been, I think, a little bit of a sleeper hit because I don't see a lot of people talking about it or it trending on Twitter when it comes it, out. It's a cult following for sure. Right, like this this movie this movie this show deserves um a little bit more exposure because I feel like it's it's definitely really good. Yeah, when um, you put me onto that, um, that was no regret at all. It's so good, but be careful, it is pretty gory. So it's definitely not one you in a watch funny way, fam, You know, yeah, in a funny way, if that's possible. If you have kids and you're looking for wholesome content, this isn't it. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then last on my list is Miss Marvel. Um, this mm-hmm. is a show that's been delayed. I think it was supposed to come out at the end of 2021. Uh, got pushed in favor of Hawkeye. So now it's supposed to come out at the end of this year. Miss um, Marvel's an interesting character because I feel like she's one of the best creations that Marvel has done in the comic books in the last 15 years or so. She's a fresh character, uh, comic book-wise. I hope they do her justice. I feel like she's one of the... Uh, she, when when her comic book came out, she was a prominent um, figure because they had finally done like a, a Pakistani character well uh, within the comic universe. And so that uh, section of fandom especially kind of really latched onto her. Her story is really good. Um, the comic book is something to, to kind of write home about there. But um, I'm nervous and I'm also excited for what they do with her in the MCU because I feel like it's... It, you know, it's easy. It should be easy to get right, but I kind of have a feeling that they may not follow it to T, um, and that might be a little bit of a problem for this particular character. But 
uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with her regardless and just, you know, hope for the best there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mine actually kind of echoes yours. Like, I also had uh, Lord of the Rings on there. That's just, you know, a trilogy that I can go back to, even the extended versions, and just crush that in a weekend, right? Um, so I can't wait for that. The Boys I also had. Again, you put me onto that pretty early, so um, definitely worth watching and catching up on if you haven't. Mandalorian Season 3, I feel like we just got a taste of it with Boba Fett, uh, so that definitely has me excited for it. And then I kind of paired Andor and Kenobi as my last one there um, on Disney+. Plus. Just seeing some of the those um, Star Wars shows come about just because I, I don't think I can get enough of that stuff. Uh, the one I had at number one, though, that I feel like you missed out on is House of the Dragon. The Game of Game of uh, Thrones prequel. Yeah, I, I feel like because of the last season of Game of Thrones, it's just kind of getting through all that hype. I'm not too excited about it. I'm excited for it. It's just it it probably be my like sixth or seventh show that I'd be excited about. Man, this one it's it's my one. I loved Game of Thrones. I I've rewatched it so many times now. I can't even say. And I don't care. I liked the last season. Put me out across. I don't care. he would be one of three people. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I feel like the people who give it hate uh, didn't really, you know, watch for the details. I mean, there's there's some people that give it hate for, like, the, the correct reasons to dislike it. But then there's some that are like, I just didn't want this person to win. Like, that that's totally different. Um, so I'm excited for this, though, because... There's so much lore that you can go into with Game of Thrones that I feel like they can't, it won't be done wrong, uh, especially since, like, I don't know, I'm not a book reader. I'm not, like, this book reader, so um, I'm fine with, like, whatever direction it goes in. And maybe, uh, maybe they'll finally release the actual last couple books if George R. R. Martin ends up living long enough to actually give them and stop delaying things possibly uh there's a lot of shows coming out i feel like we are snubbing a lot here the only ones like that were on my radar were like she hulk uh the witcher has a prequel coming out i gave up on westworld a while ago um no on my snub list i feel like uh, i've got moon knight um i'm excited for that show uh but you know i'm not quite as excited as, as the ones i have here but um, I have that. I am looking forward to the next season of Outlander. Uh, again, fresh show I just got into um, last year, but that's up there. Um, and then I'm trying to think through like some of the MCU stuff. Like you mentioned, She-Hulk. Um, I'm looking forward to that too, but just quite not not quite as big on my radar as some of the movies are. So. I think that about does it for us, though. I mean, obviously, we left off a lot of great stuff that came out this year. Um, we'll do our best to incorporate it into the other episodes. But this is uh, this was nice to look back and see 2021 had a lot of content in it uh, coming off a year where we felt like we were in a rut for seeing new things. So it's really cool to look back and see how much how many awesome movies and, and shows came out. Yeah, I, I don't know why I kind of thought that we didn't have quite as much content this year as before i feel like the last two years have kind of blended in together so i can't really tell what came out this year i mean last year right right the year prior so yeah i feel like 2020 was a year of like well let me catch up on things that i've been putting off on because there's nothing new to take its place and 
Um, I kind of made the mistake of that on a few shows this year, and I ended up missing ones that uh, that came out this year. But this looks like a solid year to look forward to, and I feel like uh, you know we'll we'll, we'll probably be covering a good portion of of this of these things, if not at least touching base on them um, every now and again. So yeah, I think uh, I I agree with that. Uh, If you feel like we missed something, or if you want to put us onto a show or a movie that we we didn't even talk about or not on our radar, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at bt fourth wall. Otherwise, thanks thanks for listening.